0: Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth, episode 52. And this is part two of my conversation with Celeract LA Dreams, which is in itself the second time I've spoken to Celeract LA Dreams. So, dig it, man. Uh, My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. Beyond Synth airs every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, there is always a Saturday replay at 1 p.m., and that's for you people who are in bed at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's not just losers in North America, that's European people whose time is, uh, you know, a few hours ahead. But if you are in North America and you are in bed by 8 p.m. Eastern, then you, sir, or madam, I don't want to say you're a loser, because you might have a night job. I used to have a night job. Did I ever tell that story? I worked at Toys R Us. That's right. I had a job at Toys R Us during the Christmas season. It was like the first job I got when I moved to the city. I had to stock shelves. Wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. You know, you think, "Oh, hey, you're working at Toys R Us. You're there overnight. So you're going to be driving around the electric cars, you know, between the aisles and stuff." And we didn't really do that. It sucked. That's what we should have been doing. We did it once. And it turned out to be not as fun as I thought it would be because those cars are small. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, there's always this idea that you knew some rich kid or someone that actually had a Power Wheels, but I never had a fucking Power Wheels, you know, that was like, that was a luxury toy. This, you know, anyone who had a Power Wheels, it's like the same people who have like the fucking Barbie Dreamhouse and stuff. Like if their parents were willing to drop like a few hundred bucks on a single toy, uh, which mine were not. I was lucky to get the Beetlejuice car, for fuck's sakes. I think that thing was only like 20 bucks. I don't even remember. But, um, yeah, and I didn't even get the Batmobile. And then when I played with my Batman toys, I fucking had Batman driving around the fucking Beetlejuice car. Hey, let's listen to a song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, we're going to listen to a track. This, is, uh, this dude's awesome. He's called My Roan. Um, I'm, I want to have him on the show sometime because his music is really kick-ass and uplifting shit. And this, of course, is The Pump Master by Myrone.
2: Mr. Jack Kettler, are you ready for the terminator regard? I'm definitely ready. i meet you in uh, 2.5 minutes please downstairs. Okay, thank you.
0: That was Myrone from the album Myrone. And this is the Pumpmaster, and I'm assuming it is Myrone. Well, I've had this conversation with people in the past, and some people say Myroni and whatever, but it, it's, it's got to be Myrone, right? Anyways, that shit is awesome. I love that sort of like that cheesy 80s guitar stuff. And I should get an update, actually, because I know I know he and his... Uh, he's got some, uh, some co-worker buddy types who uh, they were working on a video game, and he's doing the soundtrack for it. It was called Drift. Stage, I think. I wonder how that went. I think they had a successful Kickstarter, if I not, if I remember rightly. And uh, yeah, this is Project. Uh, fr- this is not Project Friday. This is <laughs> this is Power eighty five. You're listening to Power eighty five. Power 85com Follow at Power eighty five Radio. That's twenty four hours a day. Cool synthwave music, except a few times a week when that music is stopped, so that you can listen to these great shows like my show, Beyond Synth, the one you're listening to now, or Project Friday, which happens on Friday nights, hosted by Steve Gilson, which is a uh, Friday night powerhouse of new cool music. Uh, You can check that out at Project Friday FM and Power 85. That's the most important thing. And while you're on Twitter, you can follow me. I'm at Andy Last on Twitter. Uh, What else, man? You can follow the SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. That's where all the episodes get posted. And um, fucking Facebook. Facebook Facebook.com slash beyondsynth.podcast. And uh, you can follow that as well or like it. You know, if you're listening to the show on on SoundCloud, please, uh, you know, like it and share it and comment. It's fun to see comments there. I know uh, the episode I did with uh, Miami Knights 1984 a few episodes ago. We, I did make a comment about how I do sort of. I don't want to use the word police, but um, you know, I like to I like to keep it a positive space. Let's put it that way. So, uh, which I guess I'm just opening myself up for people to say rude things now. But I'll get rid of it. And if there's too many, then I'll hire somebody to do it. But I doubt that because all my listeners are very respectful, cool people who are understanding. And remember, if you want to hear your tracks on the show, uh, you can drop me a line uh, at anywhere, at the Twitter page, at the Facebook page, at the SoundCloud. Send me a message. You can send me links, I'll check them out. Uh, If I dig them, I'll play them on the show. And if I don't like it, I'll just be like, thanks for the memories, you son of a bitch. And I'll delete the links, and I will delete your profiles, and I will have you removed from the internet. That's not true. Sometimes, though, people send me stuff, and I just know, oh, you know, uh, this is the seeds of something great. I think it was during the uh, episode 50 in the chat, and, you know, I've talked to other people who host these sorts of shows, about what their strategies are, you know, because lots of people send all of us music. And, uh, you know, I want to be discerning and to pick the best stuff while at the same time not being rude or being uh, unkind, you know, to people whose music maybe isn't there yet. And then Steve said a funny thing because usually I'm, uh, you know, my policy is I'll listen to anything and then, you know, it either ends up on the show or it doesn't. And then Steve said, uh, yeah, just wait three years. (laughs) So... If there's some new producer, it's like, if they're not good now, in a few years' time, they'll probably be making some good stuff if they've stuck with it. And I think that's a fun policy, too, just to wait. So maybe that's what I'm going to do from now on. You send me a message, I will get back to you in 2019. But speaking of 2016, let's listen to a song right now. That was a terrible segue, because this song isn't even from 2016. Anyways, this is a track by Phaserland. And it's uh, a track called China, Silver and Gold by Phaserland. was Phaserland with the track China Silver and Gold from the Night Talk in Paradise album. And if you dig that, you should listen to the show that Phaserland was on. Last season that was a good one. I think that was actually early on in season 3. We had a fun chat. We always do have fun chats here. And speaking of fun chats, as you know, this is part 2 of my chat with Celerect LA Dream. So how about we go to that now? And then we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll do the uh, the regular segments and all that stuff after I'm uh, after I've chatted with uh, with Kevin. So here is part two of my chat with Celerect, L A Dream. Oh, that's right. I should <laughs> I should throw to the song because it starts <laughs> the interview starts where we started listening to a track and then he starts talking about it. So I have to remember what track it was. So what was that song again? You know what? (laughs) If you're getting the impression that my show is disorganized, you would be correct. How about this? Let's do a mail sack real quick, and then we'll go to Celeract LA Dreams. How about that? See, these are the things they teach you in broadcasting, is the, the tease, you know what I mean? You want to tease the audience with what they want. You've all come here to listen to part two of my chat with Celeract LA Dreams, so I just... I simply tease it out. I say, "Oh, it's it's coming up next," and then, "Oh, but there's a half hour more of gibberish," and uh, and it's really important. Now, mind you, it's bad form to actually say we're about to go to the interview, <laughs> and then cut yourself off and say, "No, we're not." That's not quite a tease as much as it is a. Um, I guess it's still technically a tease. It's just not a professional one. Anyways, let's uh, let's open up the mail sack.
2: to the show hoping that you don't get
0: This is Blue Tengu from SoundCloud and Twitter. Uh, My question for the mail sack is, what is your favorite video game soundtrack? And if you don't like video games, what's your favorite non-movie soundtrack? All right, so that was a question from Blue Tengu. Who wants to know what my favorite video game soundtrack is. You know what? If some of you ask questions that I think would be fun for future guests to answer, I think I might play these questions again. Just a warning. Because I think this would be like a fun question to ask other people. And that's like, hey, it's cool because it comes from the audience, you know? And then this could be like, it's time for the Blue Tengu question where, you know, we ask what your favorite video game soundtrack or non-movie soundtrack. In recent memory... I loved the Mass Effect game soundtracks, all three of them. I really liked uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution soundtrack. That was cool. This is a, you know, I don't I don't necessarily have a favorite because I think there's been a lot of really awesome ones in recent years. But definitely the Mass Effect trilogy, love that. Deus Ex, love that. I love the Skyrim soundtrack. I think I liked... Oblivion soundtrack better than Skyrim's only because Oblivion had these really. Uh, I love the nighttime walking in the walking in the uh, in the open world nighttime track. I think it's called uh, I think it's called uh, Oriole's Ascension, and that one's great. It just has this this nice uh, piano melody that happens through it. Here's like a quick sample of it. Maybe I should say that one. I'll say that track only because I didn't own a PlayStation. I was still playing with the Wii. Went to a friend's house. He showed me Skyrim. He showed me, sorry, he showed me Oblivion on his computer. And I hadn't played an an Elder Scrolls game before. You know, it, it looked cool. Like I was watching, oh, wow, like an open world role playing game where you do the fighting and it's not like turn based. Like this was new to me. I I know I was sort of late to that party, but, you know, uh, and it was just like, oh, wow, like, this is like you're playing the ultimate game. Like, it just seemed so awesome. And then it went to nighttime and this song started playing. And then all of a sudden I was just like, I got to, I need to experience this thing this needs to be in my life you know and then my wife very kindly surprised me with a PlayStation 3 one day and I got Call of Duty Modern Warfare and I got Oblivion and I played Oblivion for fucking hundreds of hours and it was all because of this fucking song it was just so magical like it brought me to that place and I needed to play it so I'd say that. Then Mass Effect games, obviously, those soundtracks are fucking amazing. In terms of older game soundtracks, uh, I've always been a fan of the Metal Gear theme song. That's great. Max Payne 3 had some cool tracks in it. Sorry that I can't uh, narrow this down to one thing. Of course, there's a couple tracks in Donkey Kong Country that I really love. Obviously, I think everybody does, you know, Aquatic Ambience, and uh, there was the Aquatic Ambience type songs in uh, Donkey Kong 2 and 3, like in Donkey Kong 2, I think there's like a Bramble Bramble Blast level or something that had like that games version of the Aquatic Ambience song what I mean by that is the tone like the the tempo what else? Um, Goldeneye I loved Goldeneye, I know that every you know, every uh, level score was basically like a riff on the James Bond theme but uh, I was always a big fan of the winter level in Goldeneye, the first one, where you go to Severn Eye four years earlier or whatever. N- not the nighttime winter level, but the daytime one. And uh, there were some other cool tracks in there as well. Golden Axe. Fucking. <laughs> Golden Axe is great. Uh, Streets of Rage. Fuck. There's so many, man. Yeah, this is dumb. But there's there's so many. But the point is, I, I do love them. And as far as things that aren't movie scores but are tv scores in the early years of 24 there were actually some really good score music in 24 i think the score with to, to lost was really good not those like crazy horn things that happened before every commercial break but um there was some really emotional i think somebody put together a thing on youtube where they took the ending of toy story but they just played the music from lost toy story 3 that scene where they're all going into the trash compactor And um, played the lost music, and it was like holy shit! Like it just made it like super emotional, you know? I think that's good, right? Is that a good enough answer? All right, that's that. Listen, thanks for your question, Blue Tengu. Let's now go to. My conversation with Celeract LA Dreams part 2 and we are going to listen to a Celeract LA Dreams track. This is called Time in a Bottle and then when the song's done we'll be back with Celeract talking about it. So this is Time in a Bottle by Celeract LA Dreams. <laughs> in a Bottle by Celerect L.A. Dreams. (laughs) When you talk about yourself, Mm -hmm. do you just change it to L.A. Dreams or do you say the whole thing?
1: Sometimes I just say L.A. Dreams and and, um, uh, it depends on even how I'm addressed, you know, if someone says Celerect or normally it's just L.A. Dreams because the whole idea is to take the dream, the L.A. Dream of the dream that I've lived and share it.
0: Mm -hmm. So what were you sharing with the track Time in a Bottle?
1: Time in a bottle those are moments that you know you, you know how back in the day when they used to send messages in a bottle not just the police song but they used to send <laughs> messages in I remember,
0: I remember the know. police song yeah but, well
1: you know back before they had, you know, Pony Express and everything, you know, ships and, you know, if you're basically stuck on an island, you put a message in a bottle and you throw it out to sea and hope it reaches someone.
0: It's like it's like uh, when you want to send an SOS to the world, uh, send an SOS to the world. <laughs> the police, again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending out an SOS to the world. <laughs>
0: I love that song. Oh, it's my favorite (laughs) police song. That song's the best.
1: Is it? (laughs) That one. Yeah. And of course, Every Breath You Take, which is another great one. But um, yeah, the time in a bottle was putting uh, basically when you think of this genre synth wave and the thing that that comes to mind, of course, are synthesizers, but mostly the um, 80s experience. And those experiences are very, you know, close to me because those moments We'll never have that feeling again. Time in a Bottle was putting those moments in a bottle and sending it out to the world, pretty
0: much. I want to sing the song. Sending <laughs> out an SOS to the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's, the, what's the line? Because my favorite one is the way it's like, since I wrote my note. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know who can do an Uncanny Sting impression is Jimmy Fallon.
0: Well, he does a lot of really good impressions, man. Like, oh, he's good. <laughs> they're pretty solid, because I can't... Uh, Sting... The Police, it's funny because I love those songs. I can't yes. j- I can't joke sing them. For some reason, I, I can't I can't do it. Like, my voice doesn't do the right notes when I try and do police song jokes. I, I don't know why that is. Like, there's other bands. Not that I would sing like the singer.
1: Oh, you mean like impersonate maybe his voice?
0: Not necessarily impression, but you know when you just sing a song as a joke or you just doing whatever. Like, uh-huh, I don't sound uh-huh. like the guy. But for some reason, with the Police songs... It's like they're in a weird key that my voice can't do. <laughs> because I want to joke, sing them all the time. Like, there's always a moment where someone's talking and I just want to do it, and I can't. And it, it just comes out all wrong. And it sucks because, like, it's funny to me. that. Since I wrote my note. <laughs> well, he
1: hits these interesting notes. And you know what's even uh, interesting? His daughter sounds just like
0: him. I didn't know he had a daughter. I don't know anything really about Sting's personal life, other than he fucks for hours. That's all I know.
1: Oh, <laughs> but if you get a chance, check out I Am Coco on YouTube. That's okay. his daughter, and she sounds just like him. And um, I mean, you can never go
0: wrong with just busting out with.
1: Everybody,
0: you, you can never. That's better than what I, I can't do it, man. I. You were close just a second ago. You were right there. I did that. I wrote my note. That's the, that's the only thing I can do. Since I wrote my note. <laughs> what a silly song that was
1: that was really silly i mean like how do you sit in the studio can you imagine the the engineers like are we really gonna do this yeah we're
0: doing (laughs) sure this album can't just be like fucking six songs and we'll just uh, forget about this one (laughs) we'll just stop right there you know the sting's daughter just look like sting with long hair
1: you see a little sting in her but she's really cool she's kind of like a tomboy
0: does she affect the same like accent that sting affects when he sings she
1: does and the thing about it which is amazing she says that she doesn't really like for people to classify her as as sting's daughter she kind of wants to be known for her own music and people are like are you serious i mean come on your dad is like you know a gazillionaire famous and you don't want to use that for your benefit you know and that's what people are thinking but she really wants to be her own musician but she sounds just like him. I mean, all of the accents and...
0: Maybe it's passed down like the force. Yeah, you know, yeah the way, exactly. The, sings, it's like, the weird pseudo-Jamaican accent is strong with this one. Yeah, the- I've always spoke that way,
1: too. It was very <laughs> Jamaican,
0: right? <laughs> like, it's such a funny voice. I mean, it's awesome. Like, I love I love the police, but it, it is funny. Like, it's fun.
1: It's like, are you doing this on purpose or do you really talk
0: like this? Yeah. <laughs> Would it be funny if he talked like that, like in interviews? Like, that'd be... <laughs> Since I wrote my note. <laughs> oh, oh, well, here planes going all over your house.
1: Yeah, not too far from LAX. Ooh. And actually these these are small uh, planes. There's a practice field out here. And a lot of times you'll have student pilots testing these roasts. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. They don't fly all night. It stops at around 6 in the evening.
0: Well, it's 6 in the evening for me now, so. Just got dark. It's all very exciting.
1: Oh, you're in the Ontario, Nova Scotia area, Vancouver,
0: or? I'm uh, I'm in Ontario, so we're uh, Ontario. Eastern Standard Time.
1: Oh, okay. So you're closer to New York?
0: Yes. That's the same time zone as I'm in.
1: Awesome.
0: It is the fucking best EST, buddy. EST is the fucking yes. go.
1: <laughs> you should make T-shirts. Yeah. EST. <laughs> People would ask, "What is that? Easter
0: Standard Time? What do you think? <laughs> Easter Standard Time, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker? What do you think? Exactly, exactly. You're it's a not cool to have a fucking shirt that says EST. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we'll onto something.
0: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Well, you've got the screen printer, so you can uh, silk screen, fucking silk screen some EST shirts up.
1: Just throw it out there and people ask, what is that? Well, buy a t-shirt, you'll find out.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of a shirt that's a conversation starter. When I, I worked at a bank, it was very silly, but they do all these, like, kind of corporate things to, like, make people feel like, oh, like, they belong, and, you know, whatever. Exactly. And it's all, you know, baloney. <laughs> so, the, one time I won this award, you know, like, every so often they just have to give an employee an awards, you know. <laughs> so, I got yeah. this I got this award. It's called the Cash Star Award. Mm-hmm. And then as a joke, because I didn't care, and I was always, you know, being silly, they didn't get my sense of humor, is I made a really big deal about winning that award. <laughs> so, I made a shirt... That had a picture of me on it that said, like, cash star, you know, recipient.
1: (laughs) That's classic.
0: And then I made a business card. Are you serious? (laughs) That had my picture and it said, like, cash star. Like, it said cash star on it. That is classic. They didn't get it. Like so it was a joke for me that made me laugh.
1: But it was a conversational starter, right? They would ask, What is that?
0: <laughs> like can I show them my card and I'm at work and it's like, Oh that's that's really great. I'm like, you don't get that this is a joke. Like this <laughs> you don't get it? <laughs> I didn't make a card with the cash star being serious. It's <laughs>
1: hilarious. What could be even more eerie is if you took that award around with you.
0: It wasn't uh, it was like sort of a piece of paper in a frame. Oh okay. so it's it's like it's in my basement right now. But, uh, yeah, take
1: that frame everywhere you go. Just go out to eat with yeah. it. <laughs> and you'll be like, can I get a, a, a discount on that table? Why? I got this here.
0: Yeah. You, you'll know me. I'll slide it over. Uh, 2007 uh, <laughs> exactly. October cash star recipients. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's like, what is that?
0: I believe uh, you have a table reservation for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, let's listen to another track. Okay. This is another one from uh, Teen Romance, which I thought was cool. This is a track called Battle Over You by L.A. Dreams. battle over you by celerect la dreams and i'm with kevin (laughs) the man behind celerect la dreams and we've been uh, going over some of your work some of uh, these albums are older. It's it's tough, right? Unless I have you on the show like five times a year, I feel like I'm always going to be <laughs> ten albums behind.
1: Oh, it's all good.
0: But uh, it's fun to, to, to reminisce about things, especially in a, in, in a scene as nostalgic as this. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, talk to me about uh, that track.
1: Battle Over You is almost another take on uh, Pat Benatar's We Belong to teens, basically, that their parents didn't want them to be together because of whatever reasons they were too young. And I wanted to do Battle Over You because it's this guy fighting for the love of, the, of, of this girl and whose protective father is like, you get out of my neighborhood. Get out of my house, young man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, say anything, you know, with a mm-hmm. big boom box, you know, that type of thing.
0: OK, <laughs> well, talk to me then about... You know we, we've had some time to digest now mm-hmm. the Star Wars film it's been a while and uh, and I, I was trying just to not talk about it because I didn't want to spoil it but we can probably start talking about it now although I'll still remain spoiler free
1: yeah yeah
0: but uh t- what did you what you think
1: I absolutely loved this movie and every essence of the film I think JJ Abrams took it he took Lucas's vision and continued the saga on the right path you know after the return of the jedi you know when the the new hope came out i mean and all i mean not the new hope but the three that came out after that mm. i wasn't too excited about the cgi star wars and so i was really anticipating this one yeah because i i wanted it to go right back to you know having extras i want a lot of real people in stormtrooper suits not a bunch of cgi stormtroopers
0: i liked it as well they did a good job i know there's people being bitchy and nitpicking about things or i feel like Ultimately, as a fan and as a nerd and as a guy who likes movies, yeah, what I love the most about what that film did, despite all of the problems, you know, because I didn't, I didn't think it was perfect, and there's things that you know I would have changed and stuff. But ultimately, (laughs) I left the movie theater. Uh, really happy. Absolutely. And, and and really excited for the next one. Absolutely. Which I didn't, never felt with those prequels. Like, every time the prequels were over, I would just leave with this weird feeling in my stomach. Agreed. Just like, what the fuck? I mean, like, <laughs> I know I'll watch the next one, but like, I don't wanna, really? And I, yeah. Oh, there was always this hope that it was gonna be better. And, you know, even when people were just kinda like, oh, you know, the third one's pretty good. It's like, no, Like it isn't. Like, it's, it wasn't. It, it was just as bad as the other ones. It was... It, it,
1: Cinematography was wrong. It's just, it was all kinds of wrong. It was more like Lord of the Rings to me.
0: You know, I'm one of those people who I think what I really liked. I liked a lot of things about this movies. Uh, some of them are spoilers that I'm not going to talk about, but I'll say like some of them, <laughs> yeah. like the the fates of the characters. I liked. Yes. There was there was things that annoyed me in the prequels, and one of the main ones was that they killed Darth Maul. Yeah, so fast. Yeah, I remember just thinking, really? Like so there's, and then there was sort of like a new villain in like each. Movie, and I'm like, no, like, you need y- you know a consistent villain, like, that makes things cooler, yes. you know. And I just like that when the movie was done and ended with the fucking most colossal fucking oh, teaser yes. I've ever seen in my yes. life, uh, which yes. I'm only mixed about it because it's like it was both epic and the most frustrating thing I've ever seen at the same time, yes, because I, I want, I like, I wanted more, like, I was just like. Because as soon as it was happening and as soon as the music was building up, I was just like, you assholes, this is the end of the exactly. film. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and, and it took you on this journey where you wanted to know, okay, what's next? What's next? Yeah. And I love how they incorporated so many of the um, old, some of the characters we talked about earlier mm-hmm. and just the actual spacecrafts, you know, I love seeing the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. And... I like how they've actually... If you noticed on the top, the uh, radar was more of a rectangle. Right, right. Well, it used to be a circle.
0: Because it got fucking and, knocked uh, off,
1: man. It got knocked off, exactly. <laughs> and I love how all of that was played in. I love seeing Hunt and Chewbacca... And R two and C three P O. It was just awesome. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I really like the new cast. I thought they were all good. yes. And I and I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to having their characters sort of fleshed out a bit more because some of them, uh, like like Poe Dameron's character, like I like yes. him. Like he he was like a charming character, but you also don't really know a lot. So hopefully, like they, you know, flesh him out in a later film.
1: Yeah, and I think they will because it's interesting how you know he and his. Little robot. What's his name? Oh, B eight or BB eight? BB eight. And how he came in and helped, you know, and and, and the Finn and his whole story. And I think that it was really cool how they all met.
0: Yes. Oh no, it was great. And like the. I mean, my flaws with the movie were mostly just about like the timeline of it a lot of stuff happens really fast uh-huh. and uh, like they're really speeding through and so like you know a character will say we got to go to this planet and then they're just be there you know like it's yeah and so there's a bit of that but the pace of the thing for a 2 hour movie it's over 2 hours it does not feel like a 2 hour movie like it fucking it goes so fast and
1: absolutely
0: and uh had a lot of really great moments and ultimately it's the first movie in a lot of years that I really was compelled to see it again. I, I, that doesn't happen to me anymore, really. Yeah. And yeah. That's what I like. Because even the movies I liked a lot, I mean, I think. You know, like I saw Dark Knight twice because I was like, "Well, this is incredible." Yeah,
1: that was very good.
0: But even the but even the Dark Knight Rises, you know, I watched it once and was like, "Eh, "Okay, you know, I'm done." Yeah, I got it, I got this. And the the last Avengers movie, I was like, "Okay, you know, fine." Exactly. But this one, I was just like, the second it was done, I was just like, I want to see this again. Like, I just want more Star Wars, and that's the best feeling to have. Like I think that's the best thing despite all the flaws. It's like the idea that I'm excited for Star Wars is the best thing that movie could have done. Uh,
1: exactly. And the and the brilliance behind it is using those classic characters because I don't know how much and I'm sure Lucas and his crew and staff knew this, but they're the ones who made this this franchise what it is. Mm-hmm. And to see them back that was really the thing that that got me into it. And even with uh, Daisy, I believe, the the newcomer, Mm -hmm. she was absolutely awesome. I read a little bit about her backstory and she's... You know, her roles that she had in film were very minimal before
0: this. Yes. Which is great. Again, that's another nice thing is like hiring... I mean, because I do do recognize the cast. Like, I know them from stuff. But um, it wasn't quite the same as, you know, like having Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and Liam Neeson and stuff. Like... It, it was a different thing. It's like they're not unknowns, yeah. Because I mean, I have watched the show Girls and stuff, so I knew, uh, yeah, uh, Buddy and uh, Finn. I've not seen in anything. He's the only one who I I, I hadn't seen in something.
1: And I think he does a lot of UK films, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, but, but he was good too. Well, what I liked is that they, yeah,
0: like that they put the fun back in Star Wars. You know, like I think yes. that was a thing. A buddy of mine was uh, talking about watching it, and he just was talking about those moments that you know they're cheesy but they're awesome because that's the with the magic of Star Wars is that it's a fun universe and yes. so like the moment where oh, without spoilers but someone flies in and does a great maneuver with their ship that was <laughs> and, they, and you know and Finn gets all excited he's like that's one hell of a pilot you know like it's stuff I- like that <laughs> exactly it's cheesy it but it's cheesy but it's fun because it, that's Star Wars yes. Like that's the same as uh, hey I got one don't get cocky kid like it's it's that same kind exactly. of
1: exactly yeah you get it and that's exactly it all the yeehaws it was all part of them being space
0: cowboys Mm -hmm. that's what made the movie so great that aspect of it was wicked well let's um Mm -hmm. we we can talk a bit more about it but let's listen to another track sure Uh, now we're up to uh, the album machine wired (laughs) which was the first album i heard of yours so that's this is Ripper. where I came in.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Cuz yeah, when I discovered Celerect LA Dreams when I was doing like my synthwave discoveries, uh, Machine Wired was the the first one I heard. So, let's listen to a little track that I dig called Modern Touch. Oh, okay. By Celerect LA Dreams. <laughs> Modern Touch by Celerect L.A. Dreams. Here with me talking about Star Wars, but uh, tell me a little bit about, about that song. Modern Touch.
1: I remember when I put that song out, it was more of a kitschy type song. It was it was like one of those songs you hear like in a um, I don't know if you remember the movie Jim Cotta or American Anthem.
0: <laughs> I've never watched Jim Cotta, but I have to say, I know I have to see it. I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you. it is.
1: Let me tell you I mean, you're going to both laugh your whole face off and still kind of root for the guy. I mean, Village of the Crazies is just hilarious. But Jim Kata, it had like this sports theme, and uh, I kind of wanted to just make it like a, a typical uh, montage. I, I've done quite a few songs like that on various albums where i wanted to do like montage songs that were inspired by you know rocky or top gun or something Mm -hmm. and um sometimes i I, if i don't have a story that i connect to a song i connect moments to the song like tv shows i used to watch that don't that only had like one uh season like the heart of the city i've asked various people if they heard of that they're like what is that very first show that christian applegate ever appeared on was called heart of the city and it was in '85. It was only three episodes.
0: I saw... I was going, uh, you know, when when you're on YouTube looking at old, like, 80s uh, intros and stuff, Mm -hmm. and there were so many crazy ones that uh, that I've never heard of that, and what's that, there's this one that's, like, where Patrick Swayze's the star of it? Yes. Um, And it's, like, a street, I don't know if it's, like, a street gang or something, but it's, like, the intro is, like, it's introducing all these characters, and they're kind of, like, thugs, and I don't know if they're, like, Mm. undercover cop thugs, or definitely a show that didn't run for more than, like, two episodes or something. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, what the fuck was it called? Oh, it's piss me off. <laughs>
1: that sounds very familiar. Because I was thinking at first, but I know Patrick Swayze wasn't in the movie. It was the, the Outsiders. I know he wasn't in that. Hold on here,
0: Patrick. Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe it's not Patrick Swayze, but it's somebody. Patrick Swayze, TV show, uh, 80s.
1: That sounds very familiar, Let's though. See
0: what I get? The Renegades. Renegades. Yes, yes, I remember that. I'm gonna hit up YouTube just to make sure that that's the fucking okay.
1: Let's see. That was very short-lived. I remember The Renegades.
0: Yeah, so let's see who's in this here. Okay. So there's a car driving. Typical. Patrick Swayze as
1: Bandit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I do remember that. I mean, there's so many cool shows that came out in the 80s. I mean, that had cars in them. Hardcastle and McCormick, Simon and Simon. Uh, Magnum PI, of course, Knight Rider.
0: What a fucking amazing intro this Renegades is, man. Yeah. Got the yeah. gang walking down. It looks like it's sort of slightly uh, the Warriors inspired. Oh, there's a chick. Tracy. <laughs> Hold on. What the fuck's her name? Hold on. I gotta, I gotta pause that. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know who she is. I don't reckon. Tracy Scoggins. Oh, wait. I've
1: heard of her. Tracy Scoggins. She didn't do much after the 80s.
0: So maybe Patrick Swayze is the only guy I reckon. Oh, no. It's got uh, fucking uh, Kurtwood Smith as Captain Scanlon.
1: Oh, okay. He was in there.
0: I feel like I'm going to see other warriors, but that's just because this is so warriors inspired, like the, the Warriors inspired. Yeah.
1: Warriors, can they come out to play? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sully is amazing. Yeah. That uh, Yes. Yes. I love that actor so much because in everything, uh, uh, he's in a lot of movies that I really love. Hi, Commando.
1: Uh, Commando.
0: (laughs) And The Crow. He's amazing in The Crow. He
1: was in The Crow. He was amazing in The Crow.
0: Fucking, uh, there ain't no coming back. (laughs) uh, He says so many great lines. Like, he's fucking wicked. What's his name again? What uh,
1: what is that guy? He reminds me of, like, a bizarro Michael
0: Douglas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's also in Twin Peaks as
1: well. Twin Peaks. He was in Twin Peaks. That's why I remember
0: him. Yeah, he's he's in Twin Peaks, fucking Commando, The Crow, Warriors. Um, he actually played a really funny part in uh, Louis C.K.'s television show. Uh-huh. Uh, he plays, like, uh, his psychiatrist. Yeah, 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 yeah. In just a few episodes, but he I didn't even recognize him at first because he looked so old because he had, like, this, like, really white hair. Exactly. Uh, and at first I was just like, oh, it's fucking oh god I know his name too because I've used it before in sentences Google it oh for Christ's sake I keep closing <laughs> I keep closing my browser because I don't want to and I know as I type it in David Patrick Kelly
1: yes David Patrick Kelly
0: has my favorite scream in a movie when uh, Arnold drops him off the cliff
1: <laughs> if you notice when he's holding his leg up you see that harness on his leg oh yeah <laughs> love that
0: oh that movie is awesome let's talk about uh which seems to be a sort of a favorite track on uh, machine wired let's uh let's listen to systematic (laughs) yeah And that was uh, that was Systematic mm. by Celerect La Dreams, and I am I am back with uh, with Kevin right now. We're uh, just chatting about David Patrick Kelly, yes, and Star Wars, and uh, but uh, talk talk to me a bit about uh, Systematic.
1: Systematic, uh, I remember that song was also another inspiration song. I was inspired from the TV show Auto Man when that came out, and uh, it was more of like one of those computerized games where the grids. I wanted to keep it more very digital, Uh, use a lot of arpeggiation so it can have the image of like Auto Man and his little synergy friend that actually created things by creating a grid first and then the item would come to life,
0: you know? (laughs) I never watched Auto Man, but I know what it is. Like I've seen scenes. Yeah. It looks awesome. Like, was it awesome or?
1: It was, you know, it's interesting because the detective in there was... Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball's son, Desi Arnaz Jr. Hmm. And he was a police officer, and he had a computer down in the basement of the police office, uh, the police building, and there was a computer there that basically came to life. Software they developed where this man would come out of a computer and help them fight crime. The storyline's cheesy, but it was actually cool at the time because the car drove like it was on a grid. Like, it would take sharp turns. It wouldn't just, like, turn like a normal car.
0: Right. Okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so it was really cool. Tron was big at the time,
0: so... Yeah, <laughs> well, that's very clear, right? The, <laughs> yeah. the way the special effects look in the intro and stuff, it's... Uh...
1: Exactly.
0: But it, it seemed like it must have been pretty special effects heavy. Like, was Auto Man in it a lot? He was. Like, I always, fe- I always feel like in those kind of shows, they always have to find an excuse to not use the special effects that often. <laughs> Actually, he was
1: in there quite a bit because... He had this little crystal that looked like a floating Rubik's Cube, and that thing would create all the objects they needed, and it would turn into that thing. Like, it would create a helicopter. It would, it would first, like, create, like, a, um, a vector of the helicopter, mm-hmm. and then the helicopter would appear, or a motorcycle, or a car. So, he was in there quite a bit. The machines were in there more, like the cars and the helicopters, the motorcycles and boats.
0: Did he always have, like, the glowing suit, or could he turn that off and just be a normal guy?
1: He actually could turn it off. He could actually wear regular clothes. Hmm. And, yeah, because uh, apparently the 80s was very uh, funny at doing things like this. They always took, like, a character who obviously would not— it wouldn't be possible for them to be in a natural relationship. But some kind of way they put him— in a position to where he liked the girl but he was only a software program you know and they did that with was he learning to love he's learning to love they did that in like the transformers cartoon where bumblebee was going to the prom <laughs> i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> like
0: what <laughs> uh, another classic yeah here i am I'm, I'm that guy who's always bitching about the transformers movies and it's like what are you defending <laughs> I mean I love the Transformers cartoon, but I, I think I watched one the other day where like they were they were like breakdancing. There's like these breakdancing kids and then they go to this club yeah. and then, like Soundwave has a has a fight with uh, with jazz no uh, no Sound Blaster. Who's the good who's the good version of Soundwave? So remember, there's Soundwave, who's the bad guy who can turn into a stereo, and then the Autobots had their own stereo, and he had like a, oh my goodness, that's right, and he talked like, "Hey, how you doing, Prime?" Like, <laughs> I totally forgot about that guy. It's it's something Blaster. I, I, either it's just Blaster or like
1: it is something Blaster. I don't want to say Master Blaster. That's master a, that's blaster. a song. Hold on. Okay. Uh, you might be right. But I'm with you there. Like, people are arguing, like, oh, the movie's nothing like the cartoon. I'm like, did you really watch the cartoon? Yeah. Like, the, cr- the cartoon wasn't so deep. Like, you, I mean, it was it was
0: super cheesy. Oh, I think he is just called Blaster. He is Blaster. Broad Blaster, or Blaster for short, loves all Earth music, especially good, hard, loud rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. That's the guy. He had his own tape decks and stuff. Yeah, I think, for me, the reason why I'm annoyed by the Transformers movies is that they don't uh, focus enough on the robots. Like, um, yeah. story-wise, it's like, it's never going to make sense. But I, uh, what I wanted was, as, as, a, as a fan of the show was a movie that focused on robots where there was only like two human you know side characters but it was all about the robots and have them be real characters. Yeah. And instead uh, it's a movie that's mostly centered around human characters and robots happen to be there. be in there yeah. And that's what bothers me just because when I was a kid and I was like you know, liking Transformers, it was like like I didn't imagine going. Like, oh, I wish I was the boy who was friends with the Transformer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wish I was Optimus Prime. Like you know, like I. That's the thing. Of, I mean, it's a conversation I've had with people quite a bit about the difference between sort of how how kids' entertainment has changed. You know, and like having a son. Absolutely, and I, and I, and I see how it's changed. And Absolutely, how um, you know in the '80s and stuff, like and and earlier, like you know, the heroes were adults and they were. Um, you know, kind of doing their thing. Like a lot of kids shows now it's like the kids are the, the lead the
1: hero. Yeah. They're the leads. And it's just, it takes away the idea of looking up to the father as the hero. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, you should, yeah. you should want, I mean, this is my personal opinion, but it's like, it's good to look at, at, at an adult in a show Yeah, and, and aspire yeah. to be, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Not when I grow up. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, like the example I always use is, you know, like, I never wanted to be a junior Ghostbuster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, a, I want to be Peter Venkman, man. Like, why would I want to be a stupid junior Ghostbuster? Like?
1: I never looked at it like that. You're so right. That's so true. Even Johnny Quest looked up to his father, you know? Yeah, I mean, And he was the hero. You know? I mean, he was the main character,
0: but... Kids TV, when I was a kid... There were still ones where there was like kid characters, but sometimes they were just weird abstract things. Yeah. But they were never. But they were never just full on like, it's a this this show is called you know like Johnny Blue, and it's about a little boy who goes to school and uses his imagination. Like, <laughs> you know, like the the ones yeah. I saw as a kid were a little weirder. It was always like some kid who goes into a weird dimension and there's all these weird adults and strange.
1: Absolutely.
0: Even the Sesame Street, okay.
1: Even Sesame Street.
0: When I was young. And the old Sesame Street, the Muppets were like, okay, some of them were kids. I mean, essentially, Big Bird was a child. And then later, Elmo sort of took over that role of being like the kid. But, you know, there was like funny Muppets, like uh, fucking Grover has those things. Grover
1: was hilarious.
0: Where he always... Yeah, and he's doing like these things that he's always annoying that dude with the mustache.
1: Oh, with the uh, uh, eggs. He always brought out the wrong food. Yeah.
0: And then uh, yeah. they still do that one. I think I saw a newer one, which was which was kind uh-huh. of funny. But they don't do it very often. And like Oscar the Grouch was always my favorite. And Cookie Monster yes. and, and Ernie and Bert and stuff. Like Ernie and Bert weren't children. Like it's very different now because all the Muppets are children. Are children. So like they all talk like kids. They all. There's even one character who who talks with like that that child speech impediment of like not pronouncing really? his Rs and stuff. He's called Baby Bale. and it sucks because like. For me, like, I always loved the, even the old ones, like, you can get some DVDs that have, like, old uh, Sesame Street from the, like, the 70s and 80s, Right, and um, it's different. Like, it's just funny remembering, like, oh, yeah, like, all the Muppets were, they had, like, bigger voices, like, they were, like, more adults, like, they all now have, like, they all talk like children, they all have, like, scratchy, weird, annoying voices.
1: I think that also had a lot to do with the fact that when, when Frank Oz was the master of puppetry, at that time, even like with the Muppets, there was more of a focus on the character being more of an adult. And every now and then maybe they had like a younger brother or baby version. But there wasn't but the the main one was always the one giving the lesson or Maybe learning something. Like, Oscar would be upset, but he always had something to share.
0: What frustrates me is because it was also funnier, too. It It was. It was funny. Like, I loved watching those old ones, and Big Bird, he was the naive kid. Yes. And then, like, Elmo took that position, but that's what Bill. But Big Bird was still a giant bird. So, even though he had this childlike brain, he was still towered over the other characters in the show so that they were still sort of a weird aspect of like he is a kid but he's still like this big imposing puppet you know.
1: Is Snuffleupagus still on
0: there? To be honest with you I don't even ever see Big Bird on there. Like the the characters who are there now mm-hmm. for the most part because I see it every morning because my son watches it so it's, it's Elmo <laughs> and then there's this magical one called um, abby Mm -hmm. who who like has magic powers and then there's baby bear and they're the the three that seem to be there the most and then there's one that speaks like with a really thick spanish accent Mm -hmm. but essentially they're all they're all kids Mm -hmm. and then like oscar is rarely there big bird and snuffleupagus you hardly see anymore even Elmo, I think they've toned him back a bit ever since they swapped out who plays him. Yeah. I think, I think like, in the newer ones, Elmo was even... Because he was huge. Like, Elmo was in everything. Yeah, now, he was. Now they're putting a big focus on, like, Abby and uh, and these other ones. And the, the other thing is, they're all, like, fuzzy Muppets. Whereas, like, the in, in the old things... That's so true. There was a lot of puppets... Absolutely. You know, like, there was a lot of characters who were supposed to be, like, people, but they're puppet versions. But they're puppet people, yeah and um you know like guy smiley and there's ones that like that that featured a lot in the show and those are gone like those are very rare they they only use them now if they're doing like movie parodies or something like they'll have like the the kind of the people puppets yeah but for the most part now they're all like fuzzy creature muppet things and they're all kid ones
1: what about the Count Dracula? Is he still
0: there? One, two, three. Uh, uh, uh. I think I saw one with him. Like, the old characters are really not in it a lot. I mean, I know his voice has changed because the guy who played him died. Yeah. But it's changed a bunch before because if you watch the Sesame Street from the 70s... Those were the bad. A lot of the voices are completely different. Like, it's really bizarre. And fucking Big Bird looks insane in like the first... <laughs> watch, watch clips from the first season of Sesame Street. Have you seen what he looks like? It's so weird. I haven't, I haven't seen that. It's so that weird, me? and fucking Snuffleupagus has the craziest looking eyes. Oh, that
1: thing was a horror, a nightmare when I was a kid.
0: Because they changed him, right? They gave him cute eyes, and like a few seasons later, where he had like big, he was horrible. He, oh, you should see what his fucking eyes look like when he first showed up. <laughs> <laughs> there are these evil, <laughs> evil-looking yellow eyes with like these th- weird pupils and because um, part of Snuffleupagus's character remember eventually they gave him like he's got these big droopy eye- and like very thick eyelashes and like these big droopy yeah. eyelids and these big eyes but at first he just had these weird demonic looking yellow eyes <laughs> And then Big Bird has this really tiny head, and then Oscar the Grouch was orange.
1: Are you serious? Oh yes, I remember that.
0: I remember that. Because he pops Oscar out and Rob. he sings this song about how much he loves trash. Yes, and it's awesome. It's just like, because I love trash, and like his <laughs> the first version of his voice uh, doesn't. It sounds like a dude doing like a, like a New York cab kind of voice oh yeah 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 it's it's very different and uh it's funny to see like the evolution and and stuff like that but definitely like the old show was better like i i say that a lot on this show i'm always talking about how the old stuff was better but sesame street i
1: definitely the old
0: i would be hard pressed to to find somebody to try and convince me that the new one is better because the old one is no way it's, it's funnier Like the characters were funnier. I mean, when Kermit was on the show and he did his like news broadcasts and stuff.
1: Exactly. And you brought up Guy Smiley, which is another character. they gave the news. (laughs) Hey, welcome today. I'm on you.
0: And they had the trippiest like animations.
1: Yes, they did.
0: There's this one that I it sticks in my head. Besides the one to like the counting to twelve song, which is a fucking classic.
1: Oh, that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
0: nine, ten. Yeah, it's the best. I yeah. love that. Thing. And then there's um there's this one where it's like this animations that they would do where um, they would count to do a specific number, like, uh, and there was this one that was the Queen of Six, I think. And it's like,
1: yes, I remember.
0: You know, it's just like six little kittens in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six. The Queen knows
2: lots of magic tricks, like making trees from candlesticks. One, two, three, four, five, six.
1: Yes, those were the best. And you notice the way they would do those graphics; they looked a lot like the the original Reading Rainbows. There's just no way to replace that with today. I mean, it's just there's no way.
0: No, they've tried a few times. I've noticed in Sesame Street to like remake Uh some of those things. You know, like so they did. They did a newer version of the one, two, three, four, five, and it was like the old one had this weird imagery in it.
1: It was trippy, like you were saying, very psychedelic.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so many things. Oh, remember the fucking... Did you ever see the Stick of Butter one? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Just... The- yes. of <laughs> Milk, Stick of Butter. And what, what was it was. I a, love that. Loaf of Bread? I love that. Just the way that the girl's voice sounded, and she's, like, keeps repeating it as she goes to the store, and they... <laughs> stick of Butter. I think they even did a remake of that, but it wasn't as good either.
1: It, it, you know, and I think a lot of it had to do with the time, and, and that connected a lot to why the classic ones were so great. It was new. It was fresh. You know we were younger it just had a better appeal it was something that you that drew you yeah and even like remember the electric company
0: yes yeah yeah yeah
1: it was so the spider-man on there you know they throw eggs at him it would just make no sense <laughs> but we watched it <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> i mean even like the old uh, uh superhero they were cheesy as i'll get out like the, the tv show of captain america and wonder woman oh yeah but it was just the intros
0: Wonder Woman,
1: you know, just it was great.
0: I love that they keep resurrecting that song, like they played in the Lego game. Whenever Wonder Woman shows up, <laughs> yes, it's a, yes, they did. I, I wonder if they're going to try and sneak that into the movie somehow as like a that would be hilarious, an Easter egg. I bet you they will. That seems like a fun gag. They would probably something they would do. The Spider-Man movies, they always found an excuse to have someone singing the song. Yeah, they're bound to do something, but. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, man, we should probably wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Because we've, we've been talking for a while here, but how about we end on a track? Okay. So we're, we're going to move forward to the album Ocean. Yes. And uh, although this is sort of an ironic track to end the show on, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the track opening and then we'll, and then I'll play that song and then we'll, uh, we'll end the show.
1: When I did the Ocean album, of course, that whole album was pretty much inspired by uh, the Beach. And opening was a theme. There was a a show that came on in 1988, 89 called Nightingales. It was about these uh, uh, registered nurses who lived in this, uh, they went to, they were nurses, but they also lived in the dormitories um, at the hospital. It was like a very short lived show. And I loved that theme song. And when I, I wanted to create a song that would give me that feeling. And I titled it Opening because it reminded me of how the shows used to open. You know, they they actually had openings for the show. It, just, it didn't just come on, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what that was about. It's just basically about. I was inspired by that show Nightingales. You know, it's interesting enough. That's what it was.
0: Well, that's cool, man. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to that. But I hope you uh, you have a lovely day, and it was fun talking to you.
1: Thank you. Same to you.
0: And uh, I'm definitely gonna have you back on the show again because we've got another
1: 19 out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We do have a few to get through, so uh, we'll, we'll continue our, our uh, journey through the, uh, through the works of uh, Celerect L.A. Dreams. But uh, yes. it was fun to have you on the show. We'll talk again soon. So here is the track opening by Celerect L.A. Dreams.
1: <laughs> that was fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: And that was Celerect LA Dreams. We had a good time, as we always do. And we only really got through four albums. I feel like the first time I had him on the show, even though it was just like a one-hour show, we went through a lot of his catalog. And this time, we only really went through four. And there's so many more to go. (laughs) Like 20 or something. (laughs) Like, there's a lot. Oh, man, he can really churn out music, and it's all good. So that's... It's always nice talking to him, because I know at least he he likes to talk, and we we have a lot of music to cover, so it's always going to be good. So I think, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'll probably have him back once a season, and then we'll just work our way through the albums. Of course, if we only go four albums at a time, I don't think we'll ever actually catch up. So at some point, I may have to just jump forward and just say, let's just tackle the, the recent ones, you know? if people want to be up to date but a lot of times i feel like people really want to hear about the the things they like you know if i if i had the opportunity now to interview you know famous artists that uh that i really liked growing up you know like if i could sit down and talk with depeche mode or something my questions would all be pretty much directed at their albums from the 80s like you know i, I don't i don't know how much i would ask about the later ones ultra i mean ultra is awesome you know a lot of the the music i listened to in my formative years and uh you know the depeche mode stuff was all the uh 80s and early 90s stuff like Violator and things like that and so you know there's there's whole albums I just wouldn't even mention like fucking Exciter or whatever like that one I wouldn't talk about listen I don't know about you guys but when I get junk email I don't just throw it away do you know what I mean I read that stuff because the people these scammers they put so much creativity into these letters and I just can't let that stuff I can't let it go it cannot pass me by so when I get junk email I like to read it In a little segment I like to call Andy Reid's Junk Email, Cue the Theme Song. This junk email is titled, Dear Contractor, and holy shit. (laughs) Fuck, I'm not reading all this. This thing's like fucking two pages long. (laughs) Look, what happens is these things go in the junk email folder. If it looks like an email that I'm going to read on the show, I just copy it, put it into a fucking folder for later. So sometimes (laughs) it's a surprise when I open it up. Sometimes they're like two paragraphs long. This one is fucking two pages. So I may edit. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and I might edit it later. Or maybe you're about to be incredibly bored by some stupid fucking junk email. Dear contractor, after waiting to hear from you or your Nigerian partner for a long time now, I decided to make this direct approach to you as my new resolution in other not to let it be as if I have anything in mind against you. (laughs) What? (laughs) I guess you're not supposed to read these sentences verbatim. I decided to make this direct approach to you as my new resolution in other not to let it be as if I have anything in mind against you. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Like you're going to go into business with a dude who's that unclear. I do not know if you have asked yourself why each time the release of this fund is approved. All of a sudden, the payment will be stopped, or one problem or the other will come up. If you have not asked this question or you do not know, this is an opportunity for me to tell you. I should also point out that this letter is written in all caps. So pretend that it's this, uh, this Nigerian prince yelling at me. Some time ago, your Nigerian friends, I mean the people that introduced you to the project, approached me through my dear wife, who work with the Ministry of Finance, and requested me to assist them conclude a money transfer deal that they had with you. They requested me to assist them by removing the original contractor's name, company's name, and bank particulars from the Nigeria National Petroleum Corporation, the NNPC, vetting computer and replacing them with your name and bank details in order to make you appear as the rightful beneficiary fishery of this fund okay so so this letter isn't even hiding the fact that fraud was committed like most of the time they try and convince you that it's like this official business thing they just need your name and this opening sentence he says my dear wife told me to fucking fraudulently (laughs) insert your name into these documents I agreed on condition that they will pay me U.S. 3 million as soon as your name appears as the beneficiary. I did as agreed and demanded to be paid, but your friends started telling me stories. They even told me you promised to send money to me. Do you know that up till now I have not received a single cent from them and have not set my eyes on any of them? Based on their attitude, I decided to stop the fund release movement because I cannot be denied of my right in my own office, considering the risk as it might affect my job, and I know the source of the funds that did not execute any contract in Nigeria. Although I am the only person privileged to know this information, and it is a fact. Why am I making this clear to you is that I can see that you are still making efforts in order to conclude this project i do not need us 3 million any longer from you but a good compensation from your mind (laughs) okay (laughs) ah i think we could all use a good compensation from my mind I need your assurance that those colleagues will be totally kept out of this transaction, and I know that none of them is aware of my new approach to you. Stop spending your money unnecessarily to CBN officers here because you will not receive this money without my hand in it. I personally did the work at the beginning, and only me can conclude it successfully... (laughs) Fine. All right, this is awesome. Finally, I need your promise that no official of the Central Bank of Nigeria will be aware of my involvement in this transaction. Because of my position, I want you to reassure me that you will be willing to compensate me and that you will assist my wife to establish a foreign account in where my own percentage will be lodged. If you agree, I will send you a KTT fund release approval documents for your endorsement, after which your bank account shall be credited within 48 hours. Through Government of Nigeria Crude Oil Reserve account. Account. I am a man of my word, and if you are ready to conclude this business with me, contact me immediately so that we can have a chat over this issue. But if the reverse is the case, do not bother yourself to reach me, and forget about this full payment of $22.5 million. Note that the fund will be released to you through our crude oil reserve account. Awaiting your prompt compliance and my best regards to your family, yours sincerely... Angry Funcho kupolu Seems legitimate to me, man. I don't know. <laughs> hey, let's listen to some stellar dreams. How about that? Here's a track called Dance for Yesterday off the Audio Love EP. was Stellar Dreams with Dance for Yesterday. From the Audio Love EP, that's a cool song. Stellar Dreams are cool. I should have them on the show. I know they're from Malaysia, so I'm not sure what their English is like, but, uh, you know, we can always fake it, man. We can just script the whole thing in advance. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention earlier that if you have questions that you want to send into the mail sack, you can send them the same way you send me tracks, just uh, through the Twitter... Uh, The SoundCloud message or Facebook page or my actual Facebook page. There's two, right? There's the Beyond Synth Facebook page. You can send stuff there. And if it's a MailSack question, just title the message MailSack. And uh, you can also record an audio MailSack as well if you want to. So if you want to send me an audio file of you asking a question and I'll play it on the show. Originally, I did have a whole bunch of people send in audio questions, which I was going to read on a previous episode. So now I think I'm going to parse those out over the course of the next few episodes and then build up to uh build up to nothing i guess i don't know what (laughs) it may not be evident to you as we are sitting in episode 52 but i clearly have no idea what is going on but i do know what's really cool and that's Laserhawk, and he's got a little album called visitors and this is a little track called shoulder of orion Shoulder of Orion by Laserhawk of the album Visitors. Laserhawk is a cool guy. Makes some cool music and I guess there's a new album coming out according to, to him. and Miami Nights 1984 said there's that's one of the things coming out this year so that's exciting. And I actually got to listen to some of the tracks from Laserhawk's upcoming album because he sent me some previews last year and they were pretty cool. Very different. So it's going to be interesting how people receive it because it's sort of a slower paced kind of thing but but the quality was there and it sounded cool to me so i was happy about it and i'm a pretty discerning guy if there's one thing i like to do it's to discern things from other things oh yeah we're also starting a new feature on the show where uh listeners just like you Buy and send me arcade controller joysticks for computers so that I can use them with uh, the arcade emulator and play some games, alright? So this feature doesn't have a theme song. Essentially how this feature works is that people who listen to the show go to uh, one of the websites, uh, one of the manufacturers or dealers that sell arcade controllers, preferably uh, one with a bunch of buttons. I don't want a four-button one because I want one that I could also play, you know, like Mortal Kombat on and stuff, so it's got to have at least six. Most of them do. Usually they've got... uh, six face buttons and like two buttons on the side for coin and player one start and that sort of thing anyway so uh, yeah you just go to one of those sites you order it get in contact with me for my address so you can send it directly to me and that's how the feature works and then whoever sends me an arcade controller wins a fabulous prize the joy that only charity can bring somebody's heart because only through true charity can you really you know take flight And to that end, I'd like to play a track by Magic Happened from the album The Ballooner Takes Flight to get you in the mood so this weird uh, synthy 70s vibe reminding you, subliminally telling you to buy me an arcade controller. This is Magic Happened with the track Thermosphere. thermosphere by magic happened from the album the ballooner takes flight you know magic happened is of course dallas campbell that's right he's got a whole he's got a few things going on i think whenever it's magic happened that's because that's more of a collab with another dude who visits him hey you know what go back and listen to the dallas campbell episode where he talks all about it the more episodes go by, the more people from the scene I have on the show. Talented people. People who you should check out their music. And if you dig it, go through the back catalog of Beyond Synth and listen to some of those shows. Because there's lots of really cool people on it. And you know I like cool people. Anyway, I think that's all I got for this week. Alright? So I hope you enjoyed yourself. We got lots of great shows coming up. I'm happy about them. They should be entertaining. They should give you the, the joy you seek. If you are seeking joy, as I am... And I hope you guys have a lovely day, have a lovely weekend, a lovely night, a lovely rest of the week, which is two days if you're listening live, or if you're listening to the Monday when I post the shows on SoundCloud, you got a whole week. And no one likes Mondays, not even Garfield. Especially not Garfield. I remember Garfield from when I was a kid. (laughs) I don't think that's a reference that really uh, resonates anymore. Anyways, you guys have a great day. Still looking for a catchphrase. You know what? If some people... Send me send me a catchphrase, too. That's free. If you don't want to send me an arcade controller, send me a catchphrase, all right? How about, my name's Andy Last, and you are synth to the max. Nope. Synth to the max. This is Beyond Synths. Synthesize. We'll synthesize you next week. Retro... No, oh, fuck. This is why I need you guys to send in some stuff cuz I got absolutely nothing. I'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, hey, hey. Tune in next week to <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, it's my bedtime. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs>
2: So we can't let you run away Be on tape, there's no meaning stay Yes, that fits all day, you know